just open the wikipedia page for cricket one second <laughs> tv empire to director we have a player review can we rock and roll please Hello, 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 and welcome to Bits and Pieces, your friendliest cricket podcast. Uh, we are friendly when it everybody is nice to us, but otherwise we are not so friendly when India is losing. Uh, this is episode twenty nine, and once again, like the last twenty eight episodes, we have a completely new panel. I don't think the four of us have ever come together, so this is the first time we are doing this. Um, and today's entire episode is just going to be about. ODIs. Um, yes, it's a cricket format that's close to death, and we thought that we will do its obituary. We'll have a few thoughts, uh, and just like any funeral, we'll reminisce. We'll talk about some great ODIs that are being played. Starting off, all the way from UK, we have Rachna. Rachna joined us earlier to talk about women's cricket, and she's going to join us today as well to talk about women's cricket, but in a slightly different form. Say hi, Rachna, and just tell us about. a really memorable odi that you have watched and just share it with us hello everyone um so unfortunately my example is not women's cricket but men's cricket because that is actually my most painful memory <laughs> which is the 2003 india versus australia world cup now we india did brilliantly until that finals i have two scrapbooks where i have taken photos everything right from ashish nehra 6 for 23 um to uh, sachin's million centuries plus the outs that he the 90s the many i 90s that he managed to get out um and then that finals where with ricky ponting scored that 140 and then everybody in my school was like he has a spring in his bat I don't know if you all heard that rumor, but this was something that we were all convinced by, and we were told, or we were, or we apparently heard that there's going to be um, a rematch of that of the of that finals, but a, but that rematch never ended up happening, and it's still one of my most painful memories. And I stopped my scrapbooks since, and I don't think I've followed men's cricket after that. So yeah. Wow. Inadvertently, Rashna, you have revealed your age while talking about the rumor of the spring in the cricket bat. Uh, people who are a little older than you will remember that rumor from an earlier painful ODI series. Uh, but then we will talk about that as well. Uh, we normally have just one person joining us from UK, but not today. Today is the British Raj. We have another person. Esteemed writer for Cricket Info and does some other cool things on the side, but mostly to do with cricket nostalgia. Say hi, Sidin Vadukut. Hi guys, my name is Sidin Vadukut. I live in uh, <laughs> London, and uh, I am uh, one of those people who, at any given point in time, is nostalgic about cricket. So at no point in time am I up to date. You <laughs> at any point in time, the last match I saw was like five years ago. Uh, but if if it is cricket nostalgia you need, then uh, you probably want to come to me. The good thing about nostalgia, PGK, Rachna, and Abhishek, is that uh, you can be completely factually incorrect, but people will give you points for just being nostalgic. And um, as an Indian journalist, this uh, this uh, less than necessary reliance on factual accuracy bodes well for me. So uh, yeah, and so my uh, uh, I have so many. So the thing is, I don't know about ages here. But I actually remember Ravi Shastri winning his Audi car. Uh, I remember that. I remember seeing that on TV. But this is before I knew what cricket was. Uh, I did not come from a cricket playing family, as I think I mentioned in the last time I was on this podcast. I came from a very strong footballing family, and but I think, and then I, you know, the maturity happened very quickly by virtue of being in Abu Dhabi, close to Sharjah, cousins living there. Cricket became a big thing. I have many, many memorable matches, but I think the one that I really remember—I mean, it's kind of a memeish memory—is does anyone remember the 1994 Australasia Cup in uh, uh, Sharjah? This was uh, yeah. Australia, India, New Zealand, Pakistan, Sri Lanka, and the UAE wow. took part in a in a in a in a tournament. And uh, this is where I don't know if anyone else remembers anything, but this game. <laughs> For me, is memorable because Atul Bedadi played in the India-Pakistan match, <laughs> and yeah. uh, and this was this was the this was a terrible period. I think this was a brief period when India-Pakistan matches were just terrible, because yeah. we had Basi Tali who would just whip us every time we played him, and uh, uh, Sachin would do well enough for us to like Sachin, but not so well enough that India would win. I'm on uh, Twitter. Send me your feedback there, um, but. Uh, <laughs> Atul Bedade, if I remember correctly, hit four sixes against against Pakistan. If I remember in that match, yeah. and uh, then promptly got out. 
and it was an entirely pointless effort but i remember thinking this guy is going to become big never heard of atul bedade again after that so um, <laughs> so yeah, so for me the that match is hugely memorable um, but also many many matches pgk after that by uh, virtue sheerly sheer by virtue of watching them in engineering college uh, we can we can we can do an entire we'll segment on all of those we'll cover all of that yeah so that's um, my very long unedited monologue yes please <laughs> The third person who's joining and rounding off a panel is actually the only one among the four of us who actually seriously watches men's cricket. Um, say hi, Abhishek Chopra, and tell us about that one memorable ODI. Hello, hello. Good to be here again. Uh, I mean, just to uh, respond to Rachna, the spring conspiracy theory uh, first came into being in 1996 when yes. Sanat Jaisriya flayed us to. All parts of uh, Firozha Kotla and not Firozha Kotla. He flayed us across all parts of Asia. There are balls that are yeah. in Singapore right now from Bangalore. So yeah, yeah, yeah. That's looking around the earth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah. that was that, and and uh, the uh, Atul Bedade game is something that I also remember watching, and uh, I, I, I mean, it was the exact same feeling as Sedin describes in the sense that. we were totally completely convinced that not only was india going to win that match which was terribly terribly wrong in the end but also that this guy is going to go on to do great things which was again terribly completely wrong and but that exhilaration that you felt when he was uh, hitting those uh, hitting those shots in a white helmet i remember very clearly is was just phenomenal and i mean it was it was a long time since you as an indian fan a young indian fan had experienced something like that mm-hmm. uh, the last i had heard of him was when he was removed as i think baroda women's coach or something because of some random wrongdoing or i mean it could be very serious also but that is the last news piece of news that i heard him uh, in uh, my most memorable odi has to be again india Bang- india uh, pakistan 1996 world cup at bangalore mm-hmm. uh, uh, i mean it was it was memorable even before the match actually began um, and then obviously there were things that happened in pakistan which about which there could be an entire podcast in, uh, episode in itself but the one thing that i remember is javed miyadad uh, my father and mother who both uh, you know gave me uh, this love of cricket uh, had actually put the fear of god in me about javed miyadad mm. and it it Uh, started off from that six that he hit against india of the last ball chetan poor chetan sharma uh, but like they for someone who like me who did not watch him in the prime of his career he was just another guy but for my parents it was as if uh, you know until he gets out and he was like not in the uh, not in his at his peak at all at that time but until he gets out we are not safe and so finally when he was run out he was supposed to be a very very good judge of a single uh, back in the day when he was run out i think ajay jadeja it was through the ball uh, from point or something that is when they finally believed and i mean it was a very sad uh, uh, you know exit full of ignominy for him there some world record that he wanted to have about the number of world cups he had played so uh, It, it for them i mean even as india won it was the end of an era and they probably uh, breathed a sigh of relief but uh, i mean for me just to see them go through that during the entire day was was quite something there's a great chapter on the india pakistan quarter final yeah. game uh, in mike marcus's amazing amazing yes. book war minus yes. the shooting and in that uh, ramchandra goha is quoted as you know he's the one who the only person in the bangalore stadium yeah. who stood up and applauded and people around him were like what's yeah. wrong with you and he said that is a legend and they were like please sit down old man or okay yeah. they didn't say please sit down old man but they dismissed him and he was like look this is what it has come to of course that was a wonderful period india is not like that now at all um that's me finally i'm praveen gopal krishnan i am going to round off with my memory of an odi which some people may remember uh, it is a slightly uh, off kilter match but the ones the people who have watched it will never forget it and this was india's tour of pakistan somewhere around 1997 1998 i remember this very vividly and there was a three match odi series yeah. where india and pakistan were at 1-1 and the last deciding odi was played at lahore and india came into bat first and they had a huge top order collapse they were like completely collapsing and then 
comes the nemesis of Pakistan. Ajay Jadeja comes in and he scores like a really quick fire. Something close to like a 70 or 75, if I remember correctly. It felt almost exactly like a repeat of the 96 World Cup where he just flays Vakar Yunus all over the ground and you're like, oh wow, something special is really going to happen. India end up making somewhere close to like 220 or something. And then Pakistan come to bat. And it is such a memorable ODI game because I watched the first T20 game of my life. Pakistan chased out 220 runs in something like some 22 or 23 overs. And the person who just went nuts was Ijaz Ahmed. Ijaz Ahmed until that time was always seen as this guy, like, you know, that taking those singles here, there, doubles here, there, etc. He and Salim Malik, who I think were also related, um, they would do some of this stuff, but not this day. This day, Ijaz Ahmed wielded that bat like an axe. I can still see the sixes flying off. I think Abe Kurvilla as well. It was a really memorable game. So if you have watched that, uh, yeah, that was the time where you wish ODIs would get banned. So yes, that's us. And those were the memorable ODIs that we all watched. We will get to ODIs in like a bit. But first, uh, Rachna has something to share about one of the best ODI players of our generation and probably of all time. Rachna, tell us about what you did last week. Ah. Oh. Why? Why are you putting me through this pain? <laughs> well, because somebody had to go through the pain and it can't be all four of us. So you went through it. So we might as well like learn from you. But tell us what you did. Tell so, our listeners what you did. <laughs> Ever since I found out that there's a biopic, um, in quotes, a biopic being made about Mitali Raj, I have just been waiting for that day. And I've been talking about it in every single podcast and how everybody has to go and watch this movie. And, <laughs> and Tapsi Pan has done such a great job. You know, they've gotten like the, the, the short selection, right? She has her, um, Anjum Chopra, if I'm not mistaken, is, has, was her coach for, for this uh, particular movie. And uh, uh, yeah, they really invested a lot. They got the Lord Stadium. And then I went to see the movie. Wait, tell us, tell our listeners, what's the name of the movie and when did it release? Oh, of course, I should uh, mention the most important part. Uh, so the name of the movie is Shabash Mittu, as mentioned, biopic on Mitali Raj, um, released, I think, on 14th or 15th of July um, okay. last week, essentially. And, and you were looking um, forward to it for a very long time. And you went oh. in with like stars in your eyes into the movie theater and tell us what happened next. I didn't only go in with stars in my eyes. I also went in with an old monk bottle. I was, <laughs> I was like, I am going to dedicate my day slash night to this movie with an India T-shirt. Um, it was, uh, it was uh, as mentioned, I live in London. Um, it was just me and my three. You friends. get old monk in London. I am like astonished. No, no, Sidon, no, 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 what no, is no. this? These are things I... that you've never shared with us. <laughs> the Solmong bottle is not from London. I got it from India six months ago. I was like, I'm waiting oh, for this wow. day to open this Solmong bottle. Rachana, is this, is this one of those bottles that is literally the head of a monk? Yes. <laughs> yes. It's correct, right? It is literally exactly. a glass head of a monk with rum inside it. Exactly. That is that bottle. I have been waiting for this day. I dragged three of my friends to the theater. It's empty. I was happy. It's a private screening. I can drink my old monk in peace. And then the movie starts. And to be fair, I did like a lot of the movie. And I will start off saying, talking about the things I liked. Hmm. Um, they portrayed her childhood well. Hmm. Um, it's, uh, they brought out some very important parts about, you know, a woman playing, a girl playing a sport versus, you know, her brother and boys playing sports. Hmm. Um, they speak about how she used to love dance. Um, they didn't really talk about, I mean, this is something I know uh, that, you know, she had to make a choice between dance versus cricket. They didn't really go into that, but it was good to see that, you know, um, Mitali Raj's childhood, you know, as a multifaceted character, um, they showed the support from her parents, which is also quite true. Um, the support that she didn't get from her grandparents that, um, that she also speaks about. Um, and so the movie starts off quite well. Um, and, uh, you know, the decisions of also, you know, pursuing a sport versus um, societal pressure around getting married. So the movie again starts off with one of her, um, how she learns cricket from her best friend, who is this uh, Muslim girl who, who who's like bowling to Mitali Raj and who actually has to hide that she plays cricket from her family. Um on the day of the national selections, and I'm just revealing all the spoilers here, which I think is completely fine because the movie has gone from the UK. I'm pretty sure it's going to go pretty soon from India as well. But anyway, 
Um, so this uh, young girl on the day of the national selections, she tells Mitali Raj that she's getting married. And um, it's a very important point um, because this is potentially the story of many, many young women in India, um, especially given that, you know, most of the women cricketers today in India are coming from, you know, small towns, small villages where um, it's just, you know, by chance that uh, they happen to get into cricket, somebody saw them um, play. And that was also Mitali Raj's case as well. So her coach, Sampat Kumar, he just mm. happened to see her because he used to coach her brother. And he was like, this young girl has potential. And, um, you know, um, I was reading reviews. Of, I have a friend who also trained a bit under Sampat Kumar. He's like, they portrayed that character really well. So these are some of the good things that came out of the movie. Um, they they mentioned, they then, then this is where things become a little shaky. Um, they dropped they drop things. Much like think, India's middle-over innings when they go and play. But okay, go on. Let's cut it. Exactly. Much go. like India's middle-over, much like India's uh, middle-over innings, both in men's and women's yes. cricket. <laughs> and um, so they drop some important points, which I think are relevant, but they, they just touch upon them and they don't substantiate. For example, in one match when Mitali Raj scores her cent- double century, um, in um, I think it's her first test, if I'm not mistaken, or one of her first couple. She's like, you know, I wish uh, the match again didn't end in a draw, which is, uh, you know, a point that we have spoken about even on the last podcast mm. I was on that. Why are women's test matches four days? Every mm. single test match in the past like 10 years has ended in a draw. And mm. uh, which again takes the interest, takes away the interest from a game. Um, she speaks and they, there's a lot of conversation around the lack of funding, which I think is very important, especially at the time. Now things are a bit better, but it's important to see, in my opinion, the journey that Mitali Raj has gone through. Again, a lot of over-exaggeration at times where there's a scene where, um, you know, all the women in front of BCCI take off their t-shirts and they have another Wait, t-shirt what? inside. Oh, yes. okay. All right. All right. Huh, sorry. But this, I thought, but, uh, different no, no, kind no, of but, movie. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> that would be very but that's disturbing. the thing. At that moment, everyone was in shock because Mitali Raj is like taking off her t-shirt and it's like, oh, she's wearing a t-shirt inside which has her name on it. Anyway, there are things like that that's like a little much. Um, but And then they speak about, you know, um, the challenges of women having periods while playing matches, which again, I have not seen in... I don't think I've seen this in a sports biopic or um, a, or a woman's sports biopic to date. And it was, again, they just touched upon it. Again, an important point. Mm. But yeah, again, with all biopics, there's this question, what is fact and what is fiction? And, you know, we had a long discussion about 93 where we discussed like they got most things quite right. This movie, going back and fact checking, it appears that they got most things quite wrong, especially <laughs> when it comes to her journey when she starts playing cricket. Um, yeah, the way they portray her coach's death uh, to um, the drama with the former captain. So, yeah, a lot of, so the plot becomes quite weak in the middle, in my opinion. And then by the end, so apparently this all happened during COVID and they didn't, like, they weren't able to shoot. So instead of actually showing, you know, what, or actually, you know, um, acting out the 2017 World Cup, they basically showed 15 minutes of the actual (laughs) replays, Um, like actual replays with like the players. They actually took footage from the 2017 World Cup and put it in the movie. Yes, about 10-15 minutes. The la- that, that is a bigger achievement than anything else. Do you know how possessive BCCI is about footage? <laughs> that is a good point. Apparently, they didn't have um, any other option because of COVID cool, and they yeah. couldn't shoot. Um, but uh, suddenly, like, you know, while, while it was playing, I was really happy. Like, oh my God, I'm actually getting to see this footage because this footage of the 2017 finals is not available. On YouTube, at least. Um, I've, I've actually quite, I've struggled to find, like, at least the full match. So I got to see more of um, mm. the finals in this movie than I have been able to find online. But mm. again, I think for people who are there to watch the movie, like my friends, they're like, Ye kya ho rai? what is going on? <laughs> because in those stills, it's none of the players, actors in the movie. It's actually like Deepti Sharma and Smriti Mandana oh. and the actual Gujal and Goswami who has like a counterpart in the movie called Jhona Ghosh. So it's like suddenly a little confusing and then the movie ends. So yeah, and then um, I left the movie and I was like, I'm happy they touched upon some important points. But then with every passing day, I was like, I am sadder and sadder. And I was like, I wish I didn't use that old monk bottle for this movie. <laughs> but, 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 but I have to mention one thing. I still have some old monk left and Chulan Goswami's biopic is coming up played by Anushka Sharma. <laughs> and when that happens, I will go and finish that bottle. Rachna, one thing I wanted to ask, did they cover, uh, you know, her, her uh, acrimonious interactions with Ramesh Pawar, uh, 
they didn't touch upon it at all so there was no ramesh pawar because they had a female coach who was mm. the former indian captain adam this seems more fiction than fact mm. um, but yeah no ramesh pawar yeah and and did they have a scene in the film where uh, she's shown reading what rumi was it rumi or something else no it wasn't rumi it was a fiction book that was they show also she's read it more than once if i'm not <laughs> yeah. they they show her um they portray in a way that she's coming from a lot of privilege which also is not right because they don't show her parents support like what people don't know and i think this is important to say is that you know all of the women cricketers until the early 2000s they were supported by their parents to hmm. pay for the matches or if they could manage through some other job hmm. her father actually had to take up two jobs in order to support her and this again doesn't come out uh, during um, the movie the other thing i want to mention which is um, you know what murli um, one of our uh, other podcasters mentioned in the mm. last podcast i was with him ha, one of our was... other 15 hosts yes <laughs> one of our other 15 hosts so he was like there will surely be some love story some haryanvi boy <laughs> is going to be there and that's why mitali <laughs> raj is... <laughs> two states that's why mitali raj is like no no longer has made like you know very vocal declarations of how she has no interest in getting married and how she you know like she's done with relationships <laughs> The thing I really liked about this movie, it did not have a love story. That's nice. They, yes, like they didn't, they didn't dramatize that bit. They didn't show, like they they speak about some of the challenges again. You know, you know, women, um, all of them together. Uh, you know, some somebody getting married, etc. But, um, mm. but nothing around Mitali. Nothing really around Mitali Raj apart from you know her complaining to her parents saying, "Do you not want me to get married at all?" So, which <laughs> was a, a a different take, but um, also yeah, it was it was good to see that that part was not um hyped on, and um, so the movie definitely did not fail the Bechdel test. Right. I mean, I have so many. Uh, I have so many questions. Sincere questions. They're not comedy questions. Um, like, for instance, does it does it reflect how important she is in the scheme of women's cricket? Does that come across in the movie? This is one of the challenges that I I had, and also some reviews have also spoken about. It doesn't. It speaks about her role as a captain, but not as her ro- a role as a player. And I think mm-hmm. there's a really important distinction. Like they barely touch upon, you know. the number of runs she's made the fact that she you know in her first odi she made a century that doesn't come out and then the hard work associated with actually being a good cricketer so it doesn't do justice to that um it it focuses more on i would say the politics the her journey part of it which i understand there's a reason behind as well and yeah and the kind of the other thing and this is not so much a question for rachna but just a general observation which i think is maybe ironic maybe logical I find it really funny that Indian films do sports better when the sports is fictional. Have absolutely no idea how to deal with sporting events if they are real events. Hmm. So they're very good at fictional, like Iqbal. They're very good at all of that. They can just make up an interesting sporting event. The hmm. moment the event is actually real, they have no like. It's as if when I say they, you know, the industry. I guess hmm. I find that really interesting. They just really struggle to dramatize actual sporting events. Wonder why that is though. I'm um, I'm wondering, but yeah, I think that's true. perhaps one possibility could be that when you make if, when you make a movie about something that's really happened you fundamentally need to get quote unquote buy in from like a lot of people who were involved in the event and so hence the whole thing becomes like a design by committee so you're forced to like shove in things that the studio wants you to do you're forced to shove in things that some players tell you and so that's not really true when you have like a fictional thing where you can practically do anything that you want there are no constraints that way perhaps that's the reason did they name anyone else any other real characters rachna besides uh, ah, so that's a that's a very interesting question so most of the players they didn't name um they named some of the players actual names who are no longer famous or who are no longer um like getting selected so for mm. example veda krishnamurthy did mm. a very good job in the 2017 world cup after which she's you know kind of she's trying to get through captain of the karnataka team but not really but yeah not, hasn't really made it so they mm. they mentioned her they've obviously mentioned Sh- um, sampath kumar and they mentioned shanta rangasamy who was the head of the former women's cricket association and former india captain um and uh, it's very evident you know that jhorna ghosh is jhulan goswami and one other thing i did like about this movie that they put in some effort in jhorna Ghosh slash Julian's character, and they got her action right. Hmm. For someone who's watched Julian Goswami a lot, I hmm. was impressed that this this actor has spent time in getting that action right. Except you know, 
it's not evident that it's chulen for various reasons and maybe didn't get her permission on that yeah last question how was tapsi pannu as mitali raj as you know both the emotional part as well as the cricketing part do you think like she was able to capture mitali's playing style very well because mitali is a very textbook style if you watch mitali play it's a very very textbook style i imagine that must be partly easy but also quite hard to get right yeah so in terms of her acting like on the emotional front i frankly was not very impressed but that's also because i kept comparing her to mitali and mitali mm. has this very you know sober demeanor she mm. doesn't uh, she doesn't show a lot of emotions and maybe that's not very helpful when it comes to a movie um, so tapsi is definitely far more agitated and emotional many times in the movie um but in terms of cricketing shots i was impressed i saw like a couple of interviews about she had four or five different coaches in, uh, you know including i think it was either anjum chopra or nushinal kadir i can't remember um mm. but uh, one of our former captains of india um or veteran batters um and four other women uh, batters and they actually went through like three weeks of coaching to get her action on point and mitali raj was also involved in that so um that is one thing that i was impressed by and i do think so mitali has been like really prominent in all of the you know movie uh, previews and interviews and everywhere where tapsi pan is present she's present and mitali also says mai movies nahi dekhti i've seen like three movies in my life and so what i feel the movie did get right and maybe mitali was very particular about this was the actions and the cricket and the 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 you know the practice nets and all of that but the emotions and all of that yeah i didn't live up to the mark right i'm quite keen to uh, get rachna to watch this again without the old monk and see if the review is the same why 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 do i why do you want me to go through so much pain I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm wondering if it if the old monk made it more positive or more negative. <laughs> I think it made it more positive because this movie is two hours forty six minutes, and my friends were like, "This two is so long." Yeah, so, I doesn't even remember the last one hour forty six minutes. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I actually was like, "Oh, it's that long." I didn't feel the length as much, so that's one thing I didn't comment on because maybe the old monk did soften that a bit. <laughs> just one thing tangentially related to uh, you know some of the stuff that uh, rachna spoke of uh, with respect mm. to mitali and women's cricket uh, there's this uh, fantastic article that has come out i think yesterday or today in the new indian express uh, about uh, sneha uh, sneha deepthi is her name she was one of india's youngest uh, t20 debutants mm. and now she's perhaps the first high profile women cricketer to try and make a comeback um, i think 8 9 months after pregnancy and i mean the story is captured quite well and i mean it will be interesting to see how how she shapes up and whether she is able to surmount those challenges and probably also how that challenge is going to be different for an indian women's cricketer i thought we'll talk about odis today because a few things happened last week that basically have put odis front and center um apart from the fact that mitali raj is one of the best odi players of all time uh ben stokes announced his retirement from odi cricket and he said a couple of revealing things in there which made it very clear that odi is as a format is starting to become less and less important uh india are playing odi series in england and in west indies and even people who have watched it have forgotten what's going on uh the odi team is basically something where they're trying out bunch of things but they're just not able to get it right and so as a whole you can also see that franchise cricket is taking over the calendar and it looks like we have a format that is slowly walking to the precipice and it may end very soon uh thoughts on odi cricket my friends for me personally odi cricket was the only form of cricket i truly understood uh and i'll be the first person to say that it took many years for me to understand how test cricket worked uh there was at least i think it was i was at least into my teens before i said look i need to stop pretending i what a follow on is like you know and actually trying to figure out how these things work <laughs> um for me uh, this might seem ironic given that football has a lot of draws but i i was just always befuddled by the fact that man people seem to be cool with no result in uh, in uh, <laughs> but odi were odis were for me the default form of cricket like it was the only thing you could uh, see growing up in the gulf because of by virtue of sharja um i i uh, i maybe the first 15 20 15 18 years of my life 
ODIs were 99% of all the cricket I saw. And you would watch a test match, for example, you know, if uh, Kumble was very close to taking all the wickets or whatever, then you're like, oh my God, I have to go and figure out. Mm. But um, yeah, yeah, I mean, test cricket just seemed like one of those very, very long award-winning movies where you can skip large parts of it. And then you can come back to the end and figure out the denouement. But ODIs, you know, you just... I, today, I don't think I would sit through an ODI with the same consistent levels of intensity. Yeah. I don't think I can do it for eight hours. It's a whole working day when you think about it. Um, yeah, so for me, ODIs were all cricket. And I, I think I still have that 40 euros fondness for that format because of that. Rachna? So, as you mentioned, BTK at the beginning, that uh, women's cricket is dominated by ODI. Yes. Um, test cricket results in a draw. T20 is still a relatively new format and also coupled with the fact that, um, you know, women's cricket doesn't have as many, we don't have as many matches compared to men's. Yeah. Um, I'll also say that women's uh, ODI for women has actually been on the rise. Now, I don't know if you've fo- been following the latest England-South Africa series, uh, mm. women's um, ODI series. Um, in the last two ODIs, um, first, uh, the second game, um, England hit 337. In the second game, Indian England hit 370 plus. Mm. Now, this is reminiscent of, you know, what men's cricket was in a way um, about 10, 15 years ago in the early 2000s uh, when ODIs was the, at least my from my perspective, was the most prominent form of cricket at the time. And, and this is, I think, a really important point to make because if you look at like, you know, women's uh, cricket ODI scores, you know, until maybe a couple of years ago, 240, 260 were decent scores. Even if you saw in this World Cup, 280-ish, 290, good scores. But now, you know, we're seeing um, England out there hitting 350-plus. Um, Australia, um, New Zealand as well ha- had a very good, um, has had a very good run with the bat. And uh, so it's, so I, I, I find it quite interesting that, um, you know, uh, the, the turn that um, women's cricket, the direction women's cricket is taking with regard to ODIs as being like the, the main form of cricket mm-hmm. um, versus uh, T20s and certainly tests. Yeah, it's also quite interesting because you spoke about Mithali Raj and Mithali Raj, despite a career that spans almost like what probably more than two decades, has played just 12 test matches. That's it. 10. Really? It's 10. I, thought, I checked oh, this morning. Oh, wow. Okay, then I'm wrong. All right. Just 10 test matches and she's probably played closer to, I think, 250 ODS, if not yeah. more. So I think that itself is like quite illustrative of how important and central ODI cricket is to... Women's cricket. Um, Abhishek, thoughts on ODI cricket? I started watching cricket uh, properly in the 90s. And uh, uh, I mean, when I think back now, I'm very, very uh, sad about the fact that uh, when it was Sachin's prime, we hardly played, uh, I mean, not hardly, but we played very little test cricket. Uh, And so during the 90s, ODIs was like everything, all of cricket, as Sidin mentioned. And uh, I mean, I feel very differently about it now compared to how I felt about it back in the day. Uh, there are weekends when I still, you know, give give it my eight hours as uh, as is required. But uh, I mean, on a weekday, given so much of it is happening other than the World Cups or, um, you know, if, if there's a match in Bombay, for example, which you can go watch at the stadium, it's, it's very difficult to really figure out what's happening in that format. Uh, and also, I think uh, when when I started watching it, there was you know an element of knowingness about mm. ODIs because mm. you had these phases, right? Uh, Great Batch and Jay Surya and all of these guys would smash the shit out of uh, bowlers in the first fifteen, and then uh, in most conditions, spinners would come in, and you would have these ones into twos and Rana Tunga and Arvinda De Silva strolling singles, etc. Uh, and then again, in the end, you would have, you know, pacers coming back, uh, reverse swinging Yorkers and big shots. And finally, after all that drama, you would end up with 257 and the commentators would end up saying that, you know, okay, <laughs> this could be very, very challenging. And then, uh, you know, the chase would also be super interesting. It would rain sometimes. Hazar rain rules were there at different points. And there was like an entire flavor to the whole thing you knew what was going to happen and there were variations of like two three templates that were going to come up but you still wanted to watch it and and obviously it would change across conditions but back then we didn't get to watch a lot of live cricket across the world 
and it was either you know india sri lanka or you know maybe a couple of other countries so it was it was a very fascinating format and i mean i don't know if if this is an apt thing to say but it's almost like first love you know which is gone wrong or you're no longer excited about the memory of it that's what odi cricket signifies to me i don't think i've ever really warmed up to t20 cricket mm. um because i mean it it perhaps shrinks the best parts of odi cricket and i mean that at least that's how india played which is not the way to play it uh but yeah i mean uh, test is something you follow more often now Uh, but you don't really get to watch it odis you perhaps want to watch out of nostalgia but again it's too long and so t20 t20s is what you end up watching which is a very crazy thing crazy experience to go through as a fan so i'm, I'm going to be really sad and i can i mean i completely agree with you i i can see the end being near but yeah it will be a sad day when it happens so just to add to what abhishek is i feel like my mm-hmm. relationship with cricketers has changed from odi to t20 yeah. Like when I watch an ODI, like you would see a cricketer, like you're looking at the average guy for like six hours of action, maybe you know four hours of your this thing, maybe if if Sachin bats as well and he has to bowl and field, you get like six hours of a guy, and there is narrative, you know, there's up, there's ebb and flow, does well, does badly, almost gets caught, then comes back. You see a lot, and then you, which is why I think the nostalgia with ODI is so much more powerful for me than the nostalgia with T20. For T20, the nostalgia is for how I felt. the outcome of the game but for t20 you know i can tell you atul bidari started really badly uh, whiffed and then suddenly ends up with 44 or 45 balls or something like that and then suddenly he goes and it, there is so much more happening where in t in tests it happens takes much longer t20 in some level doesn't happen at all so odi is my relationship with a person's performance is just very very different when it happens in an odi vis-a-vis say a t20 if that makes sense Yeah, I also remember ODIs being like all kinds of strange things happening. Like they kept making all kinds of rules, so it was nice. But after a while, it became really hard to keep track. Remember, there was a super sub rule where they tried out, where they yeah. basically said that you can like substitute a player and get someone else on. Then there was Duckworth Lewis. Duckworth Lewis, I mean, Duckworth Lewis is like it feels like a conspiracy because the more you try to explain, the more you try to learn. Uh, there are lots of people who would send like pre WhatsApp also on stuff on how. all of this is essentially just to favor australia and england and it does not duckworth lewis actually does not work in india because the rains in india so it is like really really weird so all kinds of weird stuff happens with odis and then of course you already spoken about spring in the bats of jaisuria and shahid afridi and then after that ricky ponting and then after that that list goes on and on and on i i relate to the point that sidan made about makes about um relationship with the players and this is the thing like if you were to ask me about my most memorable t20 match i really cannot remember like they just however great a matches it just goes through my brain and comes out the other end but you know when you spend like 4 5 6 hours just watching a player on screen like there is there is a memory there is a connection that's made and you know for me at least i'm just thinking about natwest trophy back in 2002 2000 to 2002 i think and you know just watching yuvraj and um, kf um that mm. day and then ever since you know it's just imprinted in your memory and and it still happens to me whenever i watch an, a good long game of women's odi cricket because as i mentioned i refuse to watch men's and uh, those games uh, stay with you yeah one part about odi cricket i really love i don't know if sirin remembers is the drinks breaks remember those big things that come onto the field it's like mm. sometimes it's a pepsi or a coke there are some really bizarre things that used to happen it was so nice and very entertaining to watch it's like almost mm-hmm. like a vending yeah. machine and in fact you would prepare for, i remember this like especially like i remember this uh, rachna you mentioned the natwest thing i was um, for some bizarre reason i had to go to church because i was in kerala i was my grandmother's they go to church and then i went for the service and uh, their innings was happening as i was running back home right and i could run back and everyone would have the tvs on and the windows open and you could hear the score you know what i mean uh, and then you get an update from this house then you run more and you get update from the next house and i remember just running against time to get home before the end but we used to prepare for odis like a church festival or like a trishur puram or whatever right it was like a it was like a festival like you woke up in the morning lunch had to be ready because you know india is playing pakistan you had to plan for the entire day your drinks break took place during their drinks break you know all of <laughs> it was genuinely a community thing you know it was uh, and and even then i remember this is so bizarre now you were afraid of turning away in case you miss something important hmm which is now you know obviously in t20 you walk out of the room you come back and suddenly everyone's you know, somebody's career is changed <laughs> 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 
but uh, but you know, I, I I have tremendous affection for the format. I'm I'm a hypocrite. I don't watch it enough, but I have tremendous affection for it. It would be very interesting to talk to someone about ODIs who, you know, when they started watching cricket properly, T20s was also there. I mean, mm. all of us belong to the generation, and I'm I'm taking the risk of. Uh, putting all of us in the same basket but all of us belong to the generation when it was odis and tests mm. and we grew up on a very steady dose of uh, odis and then t20s came as you know the youngest brash kid so i think people who started watching it maybe even what 20 10 years later than us would have a very different uh, opinion on you know how they feel about the format and interesting, uh, you know, what Sidin mentions about the community watching experience. I, I remember uh, in the 1996 World Cup, my mother, I mean, all those years, my mother had a very special and a very, I mean, looking back on it, very random theory that if India is not doing well, what we need to do as people watching at home in uh, on TV, very, very far away from the actual ground is to switch off the TV for some time. And that would change India's fortunes. And I remember my mother did this when Jay Surya um, started whacking Prabhakar in uh, at Firosha Kotla. And clearly didn't I mean, work. Okay. Yeah. I, and I remember uh, my mother's face, her expressions when she switched on the TV again, and it was he was still going bonkers. And I mean, that is the day my mother knew that like things were about to change and. Uh, after that, she really believed that Sri Lanka is going to win the World Cup. So, I mean, it's it's something which with which you uh, all of us have our own individual memories associated with. And there's also like things that you can find in common with a lot of people. And I mean, maybe it's just the age that's talking. But yeah, I mean, it's it was or it is still really a special format. The agony of having an ODI when you're in school. I don't know if you guys remember. Yeah. <laughs> and then getting updates during period breaks and oh yeah. man, yeah, a lot of nostalgia there. No, no, I'm saying there is no phone, there's no WhatsApp, there's nothing, Sidin. So when you're stuck mm-hmm. in school, you're just like it's just rumors flying. You know, Sachin is out. Sachin is out. Sachin is out. Are you sure Sachin? Is out? No, 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 he's not out. It was an and and there would be one kind teacher who was also a cricket fan. Exactly. Who would, exactly. Who would let you know kids above like a certain class, like seventh or eighth, is when you were oh. supposed to be a little mature to like be able to go to the TV room with that teacher. Like, you know, if you were only the teacher's favorite, it could be the games teacher, music teacher, whatever teacher. And he would take you to the, to the TV room in the, in the uh, school and you would get to watch bits of it. And then he would have a, he would have a really tough time to, you know, shoo you away because the break was going to be over soon and he would get caught. And it is like, I mean, completely bizarre how you felt in those moments. And but it was also supposed to be like the done thing. It it should happen every time India is watching a match and you're stuck in school. I mean, India is playing a match. We'll end with one very interesting hypothetical alternate universe thing. Let's say we had to save ODIs. If we wanted to make ODIs more interesting, make ODIs great again. What would we change about it? And let's have fun. Let's just go bizarre. What would we change? Don't tell me stuff like, oh, we should make it like, you know, some greater marketing. No, no, no. Something very bizarre. If you had to make ODIs from scratch. Everyone should bowl. <laughs> everyone. All 11 people should be required to bowl. Like I would make ODIs, you know, like everyone should bowl at like at least like five overs or some such bizarre rule. Like I think ODIs need that kind of, some sense of silliness needs to, you know. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, imagine watching Nayan Mongia bowl. I mean, that would have been like, I mean, Odia would be like, so today. <laughs> let the team, like, let the bowling team decide at any point in time uh, what kind of ball it wants to use. Like, in the second over, you could use a ball that is supposed to be like 45 overs old, so that, I mean, you are playing reverse swing one over and then next over it's seaming and swinging around. Hmm. And the other thing, which is a very controversial hot take, is I would definitely allow ball tampering. Mm. <laughs> nice. And and I mean, let's let's have the bowlers who have suffered for so long at the hands of uh, you know tiny boundaries and two new balls, one new ball at both end, uh, both ends to really like have have a good gala time in ODIs and just like go bonkers and 
let's yeah. let's have batsmen so it's not it. just sandpaper you're like bring hammer sickle everything yeah, that you want I mean, yeah, bring it, it all it's as okay. long as it's round it has a seam you do whatever else you want to do with it so you basically say you bring your own balls yeah bring your own balls the watermelon shut up ஒன்ஸ் <laughs> sorry if my answer is not as no i i actually have a, a slightly more uh, controversial take and you can tell me rashna if it makes sense uh, i would do mixed teams men and women that would be really good yeah that would be four years right mm. because i feel like there are certain roles uh, especially you know if it is swing bowling or if it is certain kind of middle over play where i think women players broadly are way way interesting and way better and i think it's going to be very challenging and interesting some ways you'll have to have some reasonable restrictions like not getting like shawn tate kind of bowlers bowling at like women but i guess like something very broadly like that with mixed teams i think that will be very interesting what do you think i've no? debated on this a lot i i'm actually mm. quite mixed on this actually against her at this point because for mixed teams to really work you need to start practicing together um, women aren't sure. used to that kind of pace when it comes to bowling and um, mm. now you know i've just spoken about in previous podcast episodes as well it's it's getting better you know you're seeing younger mixed teams and women are getting that exposure but at this point i don't know if we're ready yet and there's going to be just a lot more reliance on men for various reasons for a friendly match yes and if we put in the right kind of restrictions like you know yes like you know only x number of overs for like um, these fast bowlers or something like that sure mm. but Yeah. And only 5 watermelons, not more than 5. But <laughs> just before I know you're winding down. Do you remember there was a proposal way before T20 where they wanted to break up the two the 50 yeah. overs into yes. four sets of 25. Yes. And then you keep swapping so that yes. you would bat then bowl then bat then bowl. Yes. I remember this and this was to even out the effect of the pitch and stuff like that. I thought it was very interesting. Yeah. 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 Uh, uh Sidin would you also remember uh, something called max cricket which is the only format in which uh, DVS Lakshman actually captain India. So Max Cricket was the brainchild of this guy called Martin Crow, uh, mm. ex New Zealand great. Mm. And the funder was that he wanted to have a fun format but like also promote uh, the act of hitting, you know, in the V in front of you, not behind you as Pant does these days. But mm. so essentially what had happened was that you get a 4 or 6 or whatever, but front of the ground is a large patch where Uh, if you hit the ball i mean the runs get doubled and they had four stumps not three four stumps and uh, uh, the other thing was it was also broken down into two innings while it was limited overs it was broken down into two innings for uh, for you know both of the teams so i mean really fun format and again something that can be like tried out again okay fun uh any closing thoughts on odis maybe abhishek you can just tell us about the odis and the schedule over the next few weeks um rashna you too i would love to hear what's happening in women's cricket over the next few weeks abhishek you should talk about it as well uh so india is playing its uh, second uh, second odi against west indies today mm. uh, in i mean the only the odi specialist mr shikhar dhawan is our captain and we have a like a completely mixed bag sort of team uh different players in different roles and in due deference to the host of this podcast who's boycotting today's episode because sanju samson isn't getting picked enough uh tony sebastian uh india did play uh, sanju in the first odi also and uh, i think he hit 16 in a little 12 run innings and uh yeah did did okay in wicket keeping i mean saved four runs in the last over so I mean that's going to happen uh, last sunday after we finished our episode was when pant uh, took india home with a fabulous innings and again in deference to tony's wishes his champagne bottle was handed over to ravi shastri who was on the same ground uh, i after that there's asia cup there's the zimbabwe tour 
Um, and I mean, they've announced a whole lot of other stuff. South Africa is going to come here and play some more matches. So, yeah, I mean, the ODI uh, bandwagon, as much as we've called the death of it, is going to roll on because the World Cup is is coming up. Nice. What's happening, Rachna, on the women's side? Yes. So, Commonwealth Games start next week. Mm. Um, <laughs> Yes, women's cricket for the first time in Commonwealth Games T20. Nice. I'm going to be watching India versus Pakistan next Sunday. Ooh, so, nice. <laughs> I am very excited about that. After that is the 100. Incredible, you know, teams, like some of the best players um, from all countries are going to be playing. Uh, so, again, very excited about the 100. Going to be going for a bunch of matches there as well. And then um, England versus India in September. Um, I think there are three ODIs and three T20s. Sadly, no tests, but yeah, that's what we have to live with. So yeah, there's a lot of great in, uh, India cricket or great cricket coming up in the next couple of months in London. So yeah, Sidon and I are the lucky ones here. Correct. The home of women's cricket. <laughs> yeah. Sidon yes. is going to come just to take your old box. So he'll show you. <laughs> <laughs> Reserved so- for Chulan Goswami's movie. <laughs> Rachna is, is, I mean, I, I saw the ad for uh, the India-Pakistan match at the Commonwealth Games uh, on TV. Uh, and they're, again, I mean, very stupidly uh, playing up the rivalry. And am, am I right to say that the India-Pakistan rivalry in women's cricket is not a thing? Yeah, you are right. It's not a thing. Um, they... Uh, so when uh, Bisma Maruf, um, so she's the captain and uh, she's the one, she has a daughter. She played like six months after she gave birth. Um, so after the match got over, all of the Indian cricketers went and like took selfies with the daughter, carrying her. Um, it's a, they're very, it's a very, a very collegiate, very, it's a very happy uh, connection that the two teams have. And I think that's more broadly, you know, just the, the entire South Asian, the Indian subcontinent. There's uh, it's, it's, it's a very good, um, it's, there isn't much rivalry. So even right now when um, the India team were in Sri Lanka, this is the first time I've seen this, but um, the India women's team and the Sri Lankan women's team went traveling together around Sri Lanka. Wow. And um, I've always seen it separately, you know, but it was really nice to see that co- sort of connection and bonding. So, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, they're really overplaying the rivalry, but it's yeah. still going to be fun to wear the India, <laughs> t- India jersey with the India flag and, yeah. Rashna, I say savor, savor this time, savor this moment because once women's cricket becomes a little more popular, then all of them will be called anti-national. So for now, it's fine. I guess you should savor it. So just don't wear one of those 50-50 jerseys. Just do anything. Do not wear one of those 50-50 jerseys. <laughs> On that cool. note, I think uh, this fellow Ayush Putran has come out with a really nice book or at least what seems like a nice book on, on Pakistan's uh, women's cricket, which is going to be hopefully a fun read. All right. We'll see if we can link it in the show notes. That's it. That's our episode today. Thank you so much for joining us. We look forward to keeping an eye on ODIs while simultaneously keeping an eye on its death and demise. Uh, Everybody say bye. Thanks a lot for joining us. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. All right. That was us. Bye, Abhishek. That was Bits and Pieces. Like, share, subscribe, etc., etc. And we'll be back again next week. Bye.